I hope you are all ready to exit this planet because we are looking into dead aliens. We're looking into naked aliens. We have a case of space balls that we're going to be investigating. And Steven Spielberg will just not leave extraterrestrials alone. He won't. He's got a new series coming out. There's so much to talk about. And gosh, who could we talk with it about? I know. How about the Paranormal 60 News crew? That's next, right here. Good evening, my little darklings all around the world, both live and recorded. I guess we're the recorded ones. You're live, whether you're listening to it right now as it happens or later on under the covers at home with the lights down, snuggled up to someone you love or can tolerate. Either way, we've got news to deliver. You've come to the right place for the only news you need to know. I am your anchor, Dave Schrader. Joining me now, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from outer space, the one, the only paranormal detective himself, Greg Lawson. Hello, Greg. Hey, old buddy. How you doing, man? I am baffled. Really, I, as I sit here in my home studio, yeah. my phone gets one bar. No. You are, are circling the planet in a, a tin can. I get and like your connection six, is amazing. Yeah. Six bars. Six I got bars. Like, I got like six bars. That's amazing. How do you yeah. do it? I don't know. It's yeah. uh once you get above the atmosphere and everything, the uh the it transmits mm. a lot mm. better. Is that what the story is? Yeah, man. All right. Floating out here in a beer. in a beer can with uh, yeah. a whole bunch of sharp razor blades all around me. <laughs> well, that's not good. You should package those up and put well, them away. Should, Greg. Yeah, they okay. Yeah, good, good comeback. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, hashtag Scotchy is in the house. Hello, Scotchy. What's going on, Dave? How good to see you. Greg, I don't think that's six bars. I think you've got 6G, actually. Oh, 6G. 6G. What up, G? What up, G? See what I did there? Are you you bouncing signals off Uranus to get this kind of uh, Wow, perfect. That was good. I saw you. Are we a minute into the show yet? Just checking real fast. Yeah. 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 Okay, we're, right, we're, th- we're 343. So oh, I feel like good. I gave it the uh, correct Proper amount time. of time due. Yeah. We've got uh, we've got some amazing stories. We just had an amazing time out at Michigan Paracon, the 13th annual Michigan Paracon. Uh, a great, great time had by all. And so many amazing listeners of the Paranormal 60 and Paranormal 60 News came up to the table to say hello to us, do pictures with us, autographs. Uh, Chachi, you signed your first autograph. You you got photographs with people. And uh, what, what was it like, your indoctrination into fame and fortune? I well, didn't realize how good busting that cherry would feel. I was yeah. so excited. Yeah. Greg, listen, I do want to do a special shout out 
to our yes. favorite friend, little Which Zoe. Friend? Little Zoe. Yeah, little Zoe, Zoe was pretty kid. remarkable. She was, uh, forgive me, 10, 11 years old, if I remember correctly. I, she, I think um, she was younger than that, but well, she, she was amazing. She was so mature, and yeah. she was just a, a, a blast to speak with. So, Zoe, if you're out there, great seeing you, great meeting you. Right. I. She's like, she comes up to my table and she goes, I have a few questions for you. And here I'm <laughs> thinking, it's going to be like, oh, what, what's you your know, favorite color? Silly, no. yeah, you know, is Cindy as pretty in person? No, she's just like, so of all the technology that you use on these paranormal investigations, is there one that you find really delivers the best quality communication? I mean, I'm like, wait, what? No, and she was oh. like seven, right? She wasn't 10. Yeah, she, she was, was like, like seven. seven. She yeah. was so mature, that's why I thought she was old. I know, she was... <sighs> truly amazing what a sweetheart yeah. and uh her little her little brother aiden who we all i think got chances to hug and do photographs with so just a, an amazing time but there were so many great people and so many of you from the chat room i think were there as well we had i, I probably about five or ten of you came up and said hi to us at the uh conference i do want to make a quick mention our friend jess finch it's her birthday today Happy she's birthday. in the chat room. Birthday. I'm not sure if she is. Yeah, if she's there. Hey, Happy birthday, Jess. I'm uh I'm I wish we could have gotten everybody together that had the uh, paranormal 60 shirts on. Gotten a big yeah. got them all together and got a picture of it. That would have been great. We should have yeah, you should have coordinated that. That's kind of yeah, your thing. I was kind of busy, yeah. you know. Great. That line. A brand new book. I sure did. Okay. Had a yes, line damn near out the door for that book. Yep. Sold them all. Let's what, uh, what is this? What is this to start the show? Ben Turner comes out swinging. I love the Chachi and Friends show. You <laughs> son of a biscuit eater. Oh, How ben. dare you? When do I get to meet this Ben? Oh, unbelievable. I don't know. But Carrie comes out swinging with a, a $10 wow. super sticker as well. Super sticker, super likes, super loves. They're all on. If you feel so inclined to make a donation to the show, feel free to do so goes a long way in helping me pay down my insane IRS bills. <laughs> yeah. Try to bribe. So money, you wouldn't know so much money. Yeah, I will. That's why I keep turning down great offers. I just can't be put into another tax bracket. Oh God. Yeah. No one want that. <laughs> no, not that at all. All right. Let's uh let's get started. Let's let's get the ball rolling. Wow. I do want to send right? out a special message to our friends out there that are dealing with hurricane Ignats, uh, what Irene, Irene, yeah, I I Irina, I can't remember, but I. whoever, my, my bio dad in Florida sent me pictures. There are parts of downtown underwater. Uh, that means alligators and snakes. It's just not good. Um, and, and it's hitting people in Georgia. There's a lot, not the water, I don't think, but it's, it's pretty brutal. So we're just anybody out there, you know, you're in our, our thoughts and prayers. We hope that this thing blows over quickly and leaves minimal amount of damage to all of you. So, um, just wanted to make that quick mention at the beginning of the show here. That was a good job. I yeah. Thanks. That. I'm glad I uh, got your support. Jeez, a, everybody's oh. still hung over from Michigan Paracon. What's oh, going man. on, guys? Greg, I don't oh. know about you, but I was telling Dave, because Dave, your flight Sunday morning was like 6 a.m., right? 6.30? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's we, horrible, left, dude. That's horrible. I we know. left the hotel bar at 4 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to oh. say. Yes. I thus. felt so bad. I would have loved to have stayed. They canceled my flight later in the afternoon, and there was one flight out, and it was 
at six or seven o'clock in the morning. So I had one chance to get out and that was it. I should have just stayed an extra day. I well, talk about the, the terrible storm in, in Florida. Think about the, the tornadoes that uh, experienced in Detroit, the, the day yeah. they yeah. flew in there and all the folks that couldn't get in because of the flooding and, and up there. It's been a crazy couple of weeks here with the weather again. We've pissed God off. What? Uh, is, yeah. is it us or is it, or is it the Colonel? Probably the Colonel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not being a part of the show, he's upset the balance of nature. We're missing our our south wind. We've got north, east, and west here. New. We need the S for news. Uh, we miss you, Colonel. We know you're out doing the the good work with uh, FEMA out in Hawaii. Thank you very much for doing that. We'll keep you guys abreast. He did say he'd like to come back to the show at some point. So, well, listen. There's three yeah. of us, and we will vote him in like on Survivor. Yeah. That is true. It'll be by all right. You mean Let's I'm get part started of again. <sighs> Listen, Marty I just back. don't want what? the first story. I haven't had much to drink yet. <laughs> all right, we're going to start off with the first story. Chachi, oh. you're up, buddy. As always, swinging for the fences, Jeez. coming right out with a I'll rock get, and roll story. Do I get the last story as well? I'll do the first, but I got to have the last. So be it, master. He makes it so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jeannie. Wow. All right, let's start with the music story. John yeah. Lennon's connection to the other side, which I think is the name of a Dave Schrader book, led mm-hmm. him to pen a supernatural theme song. And so for those of you that are Beatles fans, let's see if you could put in the comments which song I'm about to reference here. One spring morning in New York City, John Lennon awoke from a vivid otherworldly experience. His mind was filled with the refracted images and the language of dreams. Reaching instinctively for his yellow bedside pad and flare marker pen, he scrawled down a string of esoteric words. Fresh from the beguiling days, he also noted the subconscious fragments of an intriguing melody. From this account would come one of the most timeless compositions. Uh, we got a lot of people saying, baby got back. That's close. Let it be imagined. No, nope. it was nope. actually number nine dream. There you go, Lena. You nailed it. Which found Ooh, Lennon. She got it. She got it. Yeah. Right before I said oh, it. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, found Lennon surrendering to his higher artistic instincts in one of the most inspired and divine-sounding pieces of music he ever created. Now, I just want to say, before we started the show, this was supposed to be the last story of the night. Dave moved it to number one. That was the first paragraph. Can anybody mm-hmm. guess why Dave moved this story first <laughs> to last? Yep, we know the answer. Yeah, there's bigger words in this one. Yeah, it's it's bigger. John told May Pang, which I believe was his next door neighbor, also his no? assistant and lover. Mm-hmm. Is what it says mm. here, that he had heard two women echoing his name, um, <laughs> Cynthia and May Pang, perhaps. On hearing a song being sung in spirit, Lennon witnessed two female ghosts engage in a surreal dance. One of the women in the dream was actually his aunt Mimi. Peng. Mimi. Mimi. Mimi which Pang claimed during a conversation with Radio WBAI in New York. In the dream he had, he heard her voice. Mimi's voice was sung by May in the song. He woke up and wrote the whole song, which he literally dreamed up, she said, and it always comes back just as he was going to sleep. All these lines came swirling into his head, and he had to force himself back up to write them, or else it's gone by the morning. Lennon, Pang recalls, was focused, if not trance-like, during the song's creative process. Lennon's production and the song's ethereal sound and mood lulled the listener into his dream. Bathed in its tactile golden glow, the song recounts a sense of oral and visual bliss. Hmm. 
A-U-R-A-L. A-U-R-A-L. Having ventured down the sidewalk, time and place blurred as Lennon entered a surrealist landscape of shimmering foliage and streams of sound. As a complement to the dreamy vision which partially inspired him, the song's tranquility was pitched somewhere between golden slumber and thrilling high awareness. And so for mm. those of you counting, that is now 73 words I would have screwed up had this been my last story. <laughs> That's right. Instead, I have not missed a single one. Ladies uh, and gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lennon mm-hmm. would later classify Number 9 Dream as an account of a psychedelic experience, actually. A startling, inspiring verification of his own experiences. We try and describe the dream to each other, he asserted, to verify what we know, what we believe to be inside each other. While his lyrics displayed disbelief at the blissful experience, they were tempered by his true faith. Lennon also tried to convey a sense of unreality for the listener. Number Nine Dream was memorably described by David Cavanaugh as a dream song, which became a dream in and of itself by recounting the dream which inspired it. Early song lyrics featured an account of this dream imagery, although the chorus had yet to arrive. As memories of an enthralling experience floated through the song, Lennon was revisiting and reconnecting with his past with hints of fonder recollections of his time with the Fabulous Four. So I was thinking, I'm like, all I kept thinking was revolution number nine and then number nine, number nine. That's all I can remember. Those are Beatles songs, but this song is actual number nine dream, which was part of his albums, solo albums. And I listened to it for the first time today when you shared that story with me. I don't think I'd ever heard that song before. It is really kind of a beautiful, eerie tapestry that he weaves. Wow. You're speaking in words that were like the words in the story that I read. It is like the dream within the dream becoming a dream right there. Into itself dream, yes. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, since we just came off rock and roll ghost stories. It's time now for Paratunes. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we're starting right. to we end up with a paratune. We're yeah, I right wanted to uh, yeah, I want to hit it. I want to I because I this one really stirred me. This is uh, yeah. truly an amazing song and I just to give a little background, um you know, I mentioned on Monday's show I was sorry that I seemed a little off put during the Michigan Paracon for any of you that had come out there early on at the event I had gotten word that a friend of mine uh had had committed suicide. It took their own life and it really weighed heavily on me for the weekend and I was my brain just wasn't there. I wasn't as coherent as I normally am at these events. Uh, I did my very best. And I'm, for those that I maybe didn't get a chance to talk to, I do apologize. For those that felt that I was a little bit standoffish, I just was weighing so many things in my brain at the same time. And it's tough, as I started to say the other day, when you are someone, you know, you get you get into your 50s and you, you realize you're you're losing a lot more friends than you're making. And you're somebody that deals with depression and anxiety and has had these images flit around in their own head. And somebody, you know, does that, it really kind of stirs the echoes of the past. And I've had a song I've been sitting on for a while that, um, our good friend blind dog created. I'd done another radio interview where I'd gone a little bit more in depth than I had on this show in the past, uh, or my past shows. I've always been very open about my, issues with uh, depression. And I've talked openly about the issue I had with um, my suicide attempt when I was a teenager. And I 
talked about a paranormal experience that led, you know, that was also part of this that I had never really been too open with before. And that was the fact that uh, my high school girlfriend and I, she got pregnant, we got pregnant and um, she lost the baby. I had this uh, dream uh, of hearing this baby crying. I woke up uh, from that sound crying in my room and I slept in the basement. It was pitch black. And I could hear this dripping noise and I could hear a baby crying. And when I, I reached to the end of my bed and turned on my light, I found the baby crying. But as I held him in my arms, he just kind of passed and, and vanished. And I just started crying. And I heard my mom chugging through the house. Uh, her bedroom was right above mine. And she came down and she goes, David, what's going on? And I was just crying. She goes, I heard a baby crying. Do you have a baby down here? So my mom heard what I heard and it was kind of at this time I lost the girl. I lost the baby and a bunch of friends of mine. We had just this weird falling out. So I, I just kind of, that was what put me on that dark path that night. And the night I, I went to take my life, the gun did not go off uh, on, on a couple of different attempts. And it was at the, the final time I was about to try and test everything, made sure everything was right. The, my dad's headlines or headlights panned into the room and I knew he was pulling in the driveway and I didn't want him to hear that shot and know he was off by 10 seconds. Um, so I put the gun away and that night, went down into the room, buried myself in darkness, turned on my radio and kept hearing the song Dancing in the Dark. And after about the third playing of that song, suddenly I just heard the lyrics. I heard the words and I, from, I go from being this isolated teenage boy who struggled mightily with what was going on and feeling like nobody's ever felt like this. I started to listen to the words of this pop tune and I heard, I heard Bruce Springsteen's pain in the song in, in cleverly disguised as a pop dance song. And I thought, boy, if he could survive this, he's obviously felt this. If he could survive this, I can survive this. And that's what put me back on my path. And I talked very openly about this on a, our interview on another show and, and talked about the, ghost baby at the beginning. And shortly after that, I, I don't think it was very long, maybe just a week or so. Um, our friend blind dog reached out to me and he said, you know, I was really touched by your story and I was inspired to write a song kind of based on your story. And when he sent me the song, I, you know, I was expecting a, another great song because he's been, he's so talented as a musician but I will tell you, it chokes me up because not only does he did he create this song, but he created it in the style of a Bruce Springsteen tune. And it, to hear my story in a song is just amazing. And I know that there are creative license with it. And obviously he brought some of his own feelings and emotions to this. But to know that he heard what I had to say and he thought it was important enough to share in a, in a song is probably one of the highest compliments I've ever had in my life. So without further ado, this is uh, The Long Way, uh, or I'm sorry, The Longest Way by Blind Dog. And this is the song that he wrote inspired by the experiences I had. German young to raise a family 
thought that we were free and wild Then Mary left me in the winter Just after we had lost the child They say the Lord moves in mysterious ways When he reaches out his hand Took a child up there to heaven Left me here to be a man Late that night I heard a baby cry And I went and held him in my arms He just disappeared into the darkness Left me here to carry on Some guys are born into the easy life With both feet firmly on the ground For me, I always took the hard roads And the longest way around There in the darkness With a pistol in my hand My trembling fingers pulled the trigger And that damned old gun just jammed That's when I saw headlights in the bedroom window I heard that engine moan That old Chevy in the driveway My old man was coming home I couldn't leave him with that burden To have to find me there alone Heard him stumbling up the front porch steps And I was here to carry on Now some guys, they're born to the easy life Both feet firmly on the ground For me, I always take the hard road And the longest way around Then the next song on the radio Plays the words you know by heart you up off that cold floor and leaves you dancing in the dark
anybody else's eyes sweating? Hmm. Yeah, microphone shots, you're off off air somehow. I didn't want anybody to hear the crying. <laughs> um, no, I remember the first time you shared that with me. And my initial thought was, oh, that must be some sort of AI-generated Bruce Springsteen voice because, I mean, it's so amazing. And then you're like, yeah. no, he wrote that. I'm like, what? Yeah. That was an incredible song. And, and to your point, to have it be written about something you experienced in your life, I, I can't imagine anything like that. Yeah, super powerful. Just absolutely amazing. We have to take just a quick break. We'll come back. Greg's got stories. I've got stories. Chachi's got stories. Blind Dog, thank you, buddy, from all of us right here on the Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Hey, kids, if you're looking for some direction and you'd like to find a way to reach out, Winnie's doing tarot readings now. She's coming out of the paranormal closet, taking her gifts and making them available to share with you through Love and Lotus Tarot. You can find her and links on today's show guide. You can also find more information about it at Paranormal60.com. That's Paranormal60.com. And then make sure to click on the Love and Lotus tab, and you'll find ways to book readings with Winnie, and she will do uh, live video tarot readings with you. And uh, perhaps at some of the upcoming events, she'll be available as well. So if you're interested, make sure to check out Love and Lotus Tarot right on the Paranormal 60 website. All right, we're back. We are now officially 26 minutes in and one news story. Woo! We are right on target, gentlemen. Very proud. Very proud. Let's get to it. Greg, you've got a story to share. Do I? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it All says right. Greg number two. So let's, oh, there you go. Well, that meant something else. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, but Fair you enough. also have the second song. Hashtag All Greg right. number two. Yeah, go, sir. <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, alien docuseries encounters lands at Netflix from Steven Spielberg's Amblin TV. Steven Spielberg is no stranger to close encounters of the third kind. See what I did? See what I did there? Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Therefore, it's fitting that this production company, Amblin Television, has teamed up with Boardwalk Pictures and Vice Studios on a four-part docuseries about aliens. Encounters has landed at Netflix, which will launch the four-parter on September 27th. Jan Motzkin will direct the series, which will explore four extraordinary true stories of encounters with otherworldly phenomena. Each episode tells a single story, strange lights in the sky over small town, Texas, submersible spacecraft hunting the coastal Welsh village an alien encounter with school children in Zimbabwe and a non-human intelligence reporting reportedly interfering with a nuclear power plant. And you got it. Japan. Told from the perspective of firsthand experiencers in the places where the sightings occurred and guided by scientists and military personnel, the series highlights a profoundly human impact of these encounters on lives, family, and community. It comes as an explosive new resolution. Oh, man. <laughs> it comes as explosive new revelations emerge from military whistleblowers of alien encounters, UFOs, and clandestine Pentagon programs, as well as coverage from major news sources, which have breathed a fresh urgency into a topic that for decades has been relegated, uh, relegated. Yeah. To the realm of conspiracy. Back to you. How do, how do you actually say the word and then still make us question if you said it right? That's, here you go. That's has been relegated, rele relegated, relegated to yeah. the realm of conspiracy. That makes sense to me. That's what I'm going to start saying. Instead of back to you, Dave, I'm going to go. That makes sense to me. Listen, even if you make you a think? mistake, you just keep reading. You don't. Yeah. You get it yeah. right, hey. and then you stop Whoa. and get it right a second time. Whoa. That's right. just showing this, off. This well, thing is. I don't know which way to point this thing. Can you get drunk in space? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you can. Right. Chachi, don't, just stop acting like you don't know. Uh, I've seen you with helium tanks. <laughs> that's not space. Floating up there and then taking it. Yeah, let's uh, let's get back into this. Um, so we go from uh, Spielberg, which is interesting. I And maybe I'm wrong. Chachi, maybe you can find this article. But Spielberg, yep. I thought, said he was really interested in UFOs a while back and, and talked about obviously the interest in them with close encounters and ET and, and all the stuff that he's been involved with that way. But he says that he's kind of changed his perspective on that. And I kind of got the vibe from him that maybe he doesn't believe as much anymore yet here. He's got a brand new series four specials coming out of what are considered to be some of the best proof of UFOs best. and alien interaction. So okay. Steven Spielberg is so confusing to me. Why? Because it uh, he acts like he doesn't really believe, and now he but he's doing a new. I don't know. I guess we follow the money trail. Yeah. Did you well, did you guys like the movie Spaceballs? Sure. Who didn't like that? Chachi Chach loved it. I, uh, Chach he really loved it. He really he kind of loses it whenever you say Spaceballs. He just freaking I, right. drops everything and just kind of locks up. Well, this is uh, okay, and I'm going to give you a, a quick tip and hint here real quickly. I looked up Avi Loeb spheres, and then I hit images. Not at all what I thought I'd find. 
Not yeah. at all. No, not like, at all. Like don't do that. In Uranus. How the right the, Avi Loeb spheres. No, that could that. that be any further from dirty? No. no, hundreds of pictures of yep. things and stuff and things. It was brutal. Anyway, yeah, okay. Awesome. What did you find for me before yep. we go on? Josh? I'm on it. Right. Although uh -huh. Spielberg says he's never seen a UFO or anything else, he can't explain. He adds that he thinks other people have that what has been coming out recently is fascinating and that there is something going on that simply needs extraordinary due diligence to look into. It's mathematically impossible that we're the only intelligent species in the cosmos, but that it almost seems impossible that anybody would visit us from 400 million light years away unless they're using some kind of nifty wormhole traveling technology. Nifty. Mm, nifty. Watch your language, yeah. Stephen. Uh -huh. All right. Now, that's not the article I saw, but it was still, oh. that's still good information. What's the date on that? July 1979? March 6th, 2025. <laughs> hey. Chachi, what have I told you about time traveling? Listen, when you I get on the show, these are the things I like to do. March 6th well, of this year. Yeah, here's, here's uh, the big story that's been kind of bubbling around over the last few weeks. Avi Loeb, ever since he first learned about the strange meteor falling to Earth, mm. astrophysicist Avi Loeb has been determined to discover whether it was indeed an extraterrestrial artifact that had crashed into the Pacific Ocean. Now, the professor and theoretical astrophysicist at Harvard University says he and a team of scientists are one step closer to making that determination after they retrieved suspected remnants of the meter in June, off the coast of Papua New Guinea. Now, on Tuesday of this week, Loeb said in a media release that these early analysis suggest that those small metallic objects, the space balls, are actually interstellar in origin. The findings may not yet answer the question of whether the metallic spheres are artificial or natural in origin, but Loeb insists that the team is now confident that what they found is unmatched to any existing alloys in our solar system. This is a historic discovery because it represents the first time that humans put their hand on materials from a large object that arrived to Earth from outside the solar system. That's what Loeb wrote on Tuesday, where he has been documenting his expedition and resulting studies. The success of this expedition illustrates the value of taking risks in science, despite all odds uh, of an opportunity for develop discovering new knowledge, he says. Led by Loeb, the team of scientists and researchers hired EOS Expeditions and embarked in June aboard a boat called the Silver Star bound for Papua New Guinea. Data from the media recorded by the U.S. government censors went unnoticed for five years until Loeb and Amir Siraj, then an undergraduate student at Harvard, found it in 2019 publishing their findings. It wasn't for another three years, however, that the U.S. Space Command announced in a March 2022 20, letter to NASA that the object came from another solar system. Mm. This revelation was vindication for Loeb, co-founder of the Galileo Project, a research program at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics dedicated to the scientific search for alien technology. 
Seven months later, he and his team were 53 miles off the coast of Manus Island, combing more than 100 miles of ocean floor with a sled full of magnets attached to a winch on the deck of the ship. Now, here's where it gets interesting, right? As fortune would have it, they found what they were looking for, more than 700 sub-millimeter-sized spherules. Though 26 runs with the sled, uh, they did that through 26 runs with the sled. And these things are so minuscule as to the fact that they actually require a microscope to be seen. And this isn't the first time that Loeb had theorized that an interstellar object entering our solar system could in fact be extraterrestrial artifact. Back in 2017, when the comet Oumuamua, Hawaiian for scout or messenger, I don't know why I say it like that. It's so ridiculous. Oumuamua, that is what it's called. It's Hawaiian for scout or messenger, was detected flying through our solar system, puzzling scientists with its strange shape and trajectory. But Loeb posited that the comet, as long as a football field, and thin like a cigar, was able to accelerate as it approached the sun by harnessing its solar power as a light sail, not unlike the way a ship's sail catches the wind. Because no natural phenomena could be capable of such space travel, Loeb was essentially suggesting that Oumuamua could have been an alien spaceship. Now, Loeb also began studying around that time the Fireball Catalog from the Center for Near-Earth Objects at NASA. That led him and Siraj to discover data on IM-1, which had first been detected back in 2014. Now, it was too small to be noticed by telescopes, though its reflection of sunlight, its collision with Earth, all generated a bright fireball recorded by U.S. government sensors because the meteor moved at a speed two times faster than really all of the stars in the vicinity of the sun, Loeb and Siraj concluded in a paper published in November in the Astrophysical Journal that the fireball, like a muamua, had to be interstellar. <laughs> early, early analysis. <laughs> Try to say it and not have it sound ridiculous. Uh. Early analysis shows that some spherules from the meteor path contain extremely high abundances of an unheard of composition of heavy elements, Additionally, the composition is not found in magma oceans of Earth, nor the Moon, Mars, or other natural meteorites in our solar system. Analysis continues to figure out where the objects came from at four laboratories at Harvard University, University of California, Berkeley, and the Brooker Corporation, and the University of Technology in Papua New Guinea. Loeb also said a paper has been submitted for publication in an unnamed scientific journal, so there should be more news about that coming up very soon. Hmm. What was that thing hmm. again? Okay. I like how you said, I don't know why I say it that way. And then you proceed to say it seven more times that way throughout the story. Because it's the only way to say the word when you see it. <laughs> That's the way it's written. <laughs> I don't know. You can say mu I guess. Amuamua. <laughs> how do you? Amuamua. There's no uh, other way to say it. All they all sound stupid. You a see? Mu right. Amuamua. <laughs> sounds like my like my two and a half year old grandson asking for more candy. Amuamua, please. That's all. <laughs> that's all I'm hearing when I go through this. All right. Uh, find, yeah. Might find that in the Sploden Cave. That's right. That was my grandson. <laughs> I'm Josh Gates, and I'm going to go look for gold in that exploding cave. <laughs> All right, uh, Chachi, you've got oh. more entertainment news for us. Oh, Scotchy. man. Look at him. He waits to 
chug a lug just is it to loosen up the vocal cords is this is this what the pros do loosen up his morals is what it is wow look at that pal all right so dave since you made me say the hard story first Mm -hmm. now we're getting a little bit saucy here yeah do i go for an easy story or hard story you just go right to uri geller that's the way we're gonna start that was a trick question okay yeah uri geller mua mua Convinced of alien existence <laughs> after viewing photo of a naked Martian with distinctive Whoa. features. Okay. Yeah. A naked Martian. Let me say that again. With uh-huh. What's Ben Turner saying? Ben Turner says, down that story like Michael Moore downing a cheeseburger, Chachi. If you watch let's focus on the story. You yes. just read that, okay. and I'll worry about the comments. Yeah. <laughs> I want a show where I can just read comments. <laughs> renowned TV personality Uri Geller uh-huh. has become a firm believer in the existence of aliens after coming across a photograph of a nude some may call it naked female Martian displaying distinct anatomical features Hey, now I assume yeah. there's the photo on the screen for those of you that are that watching that is the this. photo Yes, I assume when he says distinct anatomical features he is speaking of those two huge eyeballs that are right there in front of you. No, I think he's talking about the alien camel toe that uh, is prevalent in that photograph. Hey, what happened to this I show? haven't even seen Dave take a drink, and he's talking like that. Listen. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. And it's the, vodka in Monster. Oh, you're going to have a hard time. The intriguing image, as we all mm-hmm. look at right there, captured mm-hmm. the attention of Uri Geller and author Whitley Stryber, who has claimed a personal... Stryber? Experience. What did I say? Striber? Oh, did I really? Striper. You meant to say Striper. I think so. (laughs) Streber. Listen, Uh I know Mr. Streber, who uh, who has claimed personal experiences of alien abduction. The photograph was reportedly taken all the way back in the year 200, nope, 2000. Wow. (laughs) It was 2004. And I was like, that's 204. Nope, that's 2004. (laughs) Nope. And I'm going to channel the uh, colonel here. Nuevo mm-hmm. Leone, Mexico, an area that recently saw alleged UFO sightings. Uri shared his thoughts on the image, stating that Whitley believes the image to be genuine for several reasons. According to Mr. Geller, the prominent anatomical details visible in said photograph, which have not been widely discussed in UFO literature, offer a unique perspective on these beings. Depends on the literature he's been reading. I've read some fan fiction about Elliot and E.T. before that's pretty <laughs> spicy. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he went on to say that their reproductive methods are reportedly quite different from those of humans. Now, here, good point, Stephanie. Yeah, keep, Stephanie keep says, reading, aren't all man. pictures of aliens naked? How did I not pick up on that when I got this story? I don't I've know. I've never seen a clothed alien photograph. That's a very good nope. point. Interesting. And he talks about their reproductive methods, but unless I'm missing something, nothing in this photo leads us to believe what their reproductive method actually is. Hmm. Am I missing it? Well, you see, Chach, when a male alien loves a female alien. Does it always have to be that way? I'm not here to judge. I'm just trying to give you the easy birds and astral beads of it. What kind of beads? (laughs) Astral (laughs) <laughs> that might be the hashtag. Hold on a uh-huh. second. Hey, hey, uh-huh. maybe that's what those things were that they Astral found in the ocean. Beads. Could be. Ooh, from yeah. the earlier story. All right, yeah. I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, Astro beads. I wrote that down. 
Geller elaborated on the circumstances surrounding the photograph, suggesting that the Martian female was mm -hmm. potentially emerging from beneath the surface and was caught off guard by a security guard in the basement of an abandoned building. Yeah. Get the visual on that for a second. Despite hey, the unusual nature of the encounter, Geller uh -huh. and Mr. Whitley find the image intriguing and potentially authentic. Potentially hmm. authentic. Potentially. Maybe well, maybe he's throwing out potentially as his uh, way to soften the fact that, as uh, Truth Seeker points out, Uri did post photos of dead aliens suggesting them to be legit, and they turned out to be a screenshot from the X-Files. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you know, he's walked this path before. Uri, yeah. uh, Uri has a long history of uh, yeah. all, uh, all right, well, confusing we're things. Uri sure would. Oh, there he is. Look at it. He might make a mistake once or twice. Once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uri shared the photograph on social media. Social media. Social, social media. Social. When you screw up, you go back and you say it right. Uh, sparking discussions among alien enthusiasts. Some uh -huh. question the motives behind the being's naked appearance. Appearance? <laughs> appearance. Push Who questions through, the man. naked... Who questions the naked appearance? Well, back to what Steph said a moment ago. Have we ever right. seen a clothed alien? Yes, no. yes, yes. Where? Uh, Roswell. They clothed? weren't clothed. Were they? I got pictures. We'll get oh. to you in a moment. Yeah. All right. Go. By the way, wow. fair warning. Do not go Google naked alien pictures. Again, <laughs> it will take you down a road that it'll take you at least a half an hour to get out of. Mm. You're going to get some bugs on your computer, that's for sure. While this photograph has generated a mix of reactions, mm -hmm. it serves as a testament to the ongoing fascination with the possibility of extraterrestrial life and the mysteries of the universe. Dun, dun, dun. Uri Geller and the mysteries of the looked, universe. If you looked at that, would you say that is definitely a naked female alien? <sighs> huh. She's got two eyes, she's got a head, she's got five fingers, two legs. I would go she's, female, sure. She seems to be uh, a little, I don't know. Person? Miss underfed? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe well, I, they're just, because they're in the cold expanse of space, maybe their genitalia go up into them and only come out when they need to breed. How that would be kind of a, like uh, humans. How would I push that as a hashtag? Their genitalia goes up into them. That's too big yeah. for a shirt, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't use that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope so. All right. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's not over. We're not. Oh? We've talked space balls. Oh. We've talked naked aliens. And now it turns out NASA might be murdering extraterrestrials, Greg? That's, what? Yeah, that, that's what oh, they're talking no. about. Well, okay. you know, sometimes accidents happen. Right. So uh, did NASA really <laughs> kill E.T.? A scientist has reported uh, that NASA may have found signs of life on Mars after sending its first two Viking landers five decades ago. However, it also probably killed it accidentally. Dirk Schultz McCutch, who teaches at the Center for Astronomy and Astrophysics at Astrophysics at Technical University Berlin made the claims in his piece written for, you got it, Big Think. Dirk mm. shared 
In the mid-1970s, NASA sent two Viking landers to the surface of Mars equipped with instruments that conduct the only life detection experiments ever conducted on another planet. He continued, while some of them results of the experiments, particularly the ones labeled release experiment, which tested for micro metabolisms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the uh, pyrolytic release mm-hmm. experiments. Yeah, that look what I did. I did that mm-hmm. pyrolytic nice. release experiments, uh, which tested for organic synthesis were initially positive for life. And the gas exchange experiment was not. Explaining further about the missions carried out in 1975, the researchers suggested that at the time, scientists were not very aware of the red planet's environment. He mentions, since Earth is a water planet, it seemed reasonable that adding water might coax life to show itself in extremely dry Martian environment. However, there are high chances that the approach was too much of a good thing and it backfired. Dirk, who is also an adjunct professor at the School of Earth and Environmental Sciences at Washington State's University, Pullman, uh, wrote in his op-ed piece that there are several things present on Earth that do not need water, but just a certain amount of moisture in the atmosphere. Similarly, similarly, life on Mars may have gotten hyperhydrated because of the water. To make this point clear, the Dirkster also gave an example. He said, it would be as if an alien spaceship were to find you wandering through the desert and would the would-be saviors would decide, humans need water. Let's put them in the middle of the ocean to save it. That this, this, I believe, is actual footage from that experiment. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the Dirk, the Dirkman also revealed... Uh, many uh-huh. of the Viking experiments involved applying water to soil samples, which may explain the puzzling <laughs> results before adding perhaps the putative Martian microbes collected for the labeled release experiments couldn't deal with that amount of water and died off after a while. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I got enough. I got enough. <laughs> yeah. Haunted Magazine. Issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember, kids, don't be normal. Be paranormal. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com with many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm 
which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers. Expertly curated and award-winning book collections with top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoulTopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. Join us for this amazing paranormal conference that's being held in a haunted school in Glen Beulah, Wisconsin. Haunted Midwest Ghost Tours presents Great Lakes Paranormal Conference on September 22nd through the 24th, 2023. We have some great speakers with Jason Hawes, Adam Berry, Sherry Benedetti, Lyle Blackburn, Shane Pittman, Sarah Lemos, Dave Schrader, Jeff Bellinger, along with Wisconsin's very own Chad Lewis, and many more will make this one of Wisconsin's most talked about events. We have over 40 vendors and nighttime investigations at various haunted locations with special guests. Get your tickets now at GreatLakesParanormalConference.com and find us on Facebook under the same name. Choose from VIP, General 3-Day, and Day Pass. Again, that's GreatLakesParanormalConference.com. All right. If you have not had a chance to get out and you live in Texas and think, man, I never get to hear any cool paranormal talks. I never get to meet guys like Dave and Chachi and the Colonel and the paranormal detective. Well, you're still not going to get to meet the Colonel. But this weekend, we will be at GalaxyCon in Austin, Texas. We'll be doing uh, talks on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. As a matter of fact, on Friday, we'll be presenting some of our favorite weird news stories from the past year, talking about some of the uh, uh, you know celebrity sightings, unusual creatures, uh, the UFO topics and what that means. We'll be taking your questions and more Saturday with me and Nikki Folsom, Nightmare Creatures. We'll be talking about real encounters with scary beings. And then on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at the U.S. 30 Drag Strip, you can come out. out. It's going to be the Paranormal Detective. It's going to be me. It's going to be Nikki Folsom and medium Michelle Welch. As we talk about terrifying tales from the Lone Star State, mm. we're going to talk ghosts. We're going to talk monsters. We're going to talk UFOs, UPAs. How do you say that? UAPs, UPAs. So we're going to be talking about a a wide 
variety of different topics and taking your questions. Chachi will be there too, but we're going to be the ones presenting. Chachi will just be the one uh, enforcing the laughter and applause, and he is a harsh taskmaster. So that's this weekend. Get information at galaxycon.com. Exciting stuff. I've, I love you guys. Michigan Paracon, this was my 12th year out of the 13 that they've done this. Which I, one did you miss? I've already been asked back. I missed the very first one. And really? I've been to every conference. The only person that has beat me so far, aside from the event coordinators, is John Zaffis. So the two of us are the longest running elder statesmen wow. in the paranormal at Michigan Paracon. So I'm pretty, pretty psyched about that. I'm very privileged and honored to be the second uh, in command of uh, guests that have been there the longest. That's pretty cool. It's crazy when you go there and you remember when for, I think I was at the 10th, the 10th one. Yeah. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, the, I guess it would be the third or fourth I started. Um, mm-hmm. And we were in that just uh, the little room that we were in mm-hmm. this last time, but that was the only room. Yeah. And You're now it's, it's, no, that was the only the vendor room. room was the presentation room. Yeah. No, no. Wow. The only vendor. No, no, no. Room. Oh yeah. Where, where we were. Yeah. They have that. Yeah, that's right. They have the huge room and then uh, the room off to the side and the room underneath by the bar. And uh, yeah, I, I was just sitting there sitting back thinking, man, how, how in the world did they get that done with that? Just that one room, uh, it's but grown it's grown like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Great, great convention. Good time. Good people. Uh, listen, you've all been waiting for this. One last Ooh. story. Right. Chachi's been oh. drinking all night, and he oh. is the uh, reader of said story. So let's just all take a Oh, no. Look at him go. Mm, oh, no. Here we go. They say he's got to go, 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 Chachzilla. That's a good song. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> The final story of the night is here. I present to you, Chachi. And the only hashtag we have so far is Astral Beads. That's a shame. Yep. I'm sure you'll stumble through something that we could use. Well, what have we got as we say goodnight this evening? I would like you to read the headline for me. Watch out for the Magolan monster. Not correct. Not correct. That's for why the I want Mogolan. to. For the Mogolan, for the Mogolone monster. Mogion. Mogion? Yeah, it's it's French. French. Mogion. Mogion monster. Mogion monster. It takes place in America. Why are we worried about it being French? Because it took two years in high school, pal. It's Arizona. Yeah. Big French community out there. Is that right near the Canadian-French border in Arizona? Very close. Oh, you are here to see the Mogolone monster? Here we go. Okay. Put a picture uh-huh. up. All right. You don't want to watch comes. my face try to get through this. Yeah. <laughs> that does not look very monstrosity. Well, it, it's the rim. Just the rim. Oh, wait a minute. Where's Stop. my pen? Just. <laughs> oh, that's take just the rim. There <laughs> that, you go. That may have done it, everybody. <laughs> Thank that you. may have done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Now I feel better about the story. Yep. What lurks in the middle of the night along the Mogollon Rim? is the stuff of urban legend, folklore, myth, and campfire tales. The Mogollon Monster, named for its association with the Mogollon Rim area, is often just described as a large, hairy creature with ape-like features similar to what, everybody? Greg Lawson. 
I'm wow. glad you said it, not me. Mm-hmm. Sightings of the Mogollon monster have been reported no. in the eastern part of Arizona. The Mogollon Rim Mogollon. is a prominent geological feature located in the central part of Arizona. So for mm-hmm. those of you counting, that is now seven times I have had to say Mogollon monster. Mogollon. Mm-hmm. It's important to note, though, that these claims mm. are part of local folklore, and there is absolutely no scientific evidence to support the existence of such a creature. But if you're camping or hiking on the rim, just the just rim, the rim. <laughs> there you go. and like to return from your adventures with a tall tale to tell, you really should include Arizona's most famous mythical creature. Sightings and scissors. <laughs> I get all excited. Mogion, Mogion, you can get right. Sightings and stories is what's going to throw you. That, that, that yeah. When you look at it through rose colored colored glasses, um, <laughs> sightings and stories about the Mogion monster glasses, yeah. have, have circulated for decades. Similar mm-hmm. to Bigfoot, the Mogion monster is generally portrayed as a large, hairy, ape like creature. Those who say they've crossed paths with the beast regularly describe an eerie slab. I'm pushing through. Describe an eerie silence prior to their encounter. Said Wesley Treat, author of the book Weird Arizona. Which, Dave, do you remember when you and I almost purchased that book when we were in Las Vegas? That's correct. Mm -hmm. The reclusive creature is described as being at least seven feet tall, hairless in the face. But mm-hmm. otherwise covered with long, thick coat of either dark or reddish brown hair. Mm-hmm. Somewhat of a ginger, I believe they would call that. Mm. He travels with a wide, inhuman stride, sometimes leaving footprints measuring 22 inches in length. Holy Christmas. Treat also mentions reports of a strong, very foul stench, which has been described as that of a dead fish potentially a skunk with bad body order or decaying peat moss, also called scotch. Reports of the sounds associated with the Mogian monster vary, but they often include eerie and unusual vocalizations. Reports of the elusive beast involve a piercing, sometimes downright deafening scream or howl, unlike that produced by any known wildlife. We've got that audio right here, Chuck. Go here for it. Yep. Woo-hoo! A woo-hoo! Waiting for my door dash! I didn't know we were able to actually capture that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We okay. go the extra mile here. In, Even, in Greg's case, an extra 200 miles in space. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. According to Treat's book, the cryptozoologist Don Davis was one of the first people to report an encounter with a Mogain monster. Mm. Davis said he witnessed the tall, hairy beast during a Boy Scout trip. This is this bought you up. That's that's oh my goodness. Please don't watch the please don't watch the video of this. Stick to the audio. Oh, that was Lord. really bad time. <laughs> I knew he was going there. I swear to God, I knew he was going there. Oh my god. <laughs> I just got you up in the mid 1940s when he was only 13 years old. Uh-huh. Oh, poor Popeye. There. Standing still less than four feet in front of me was a monster-like man. It was my troop leader. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop that. I can't put that on a shirt. You got to stop. It's not the time. It's not the time, okay. everybody. Right. Please uh-huh. put it in the comments. Tell them to stop. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the creature was huge. Its eyes were deep set and hard to see. 
Pop and Popeye. Somebody write that down. I don't have a pen handy. Um, his eyes were deep, set, and hard to see, but they seemed expressionless. His chest, shoulders, and arms were massive, especially the upper arms, easily upwards of six inches in diameter. Those were his arms. <laughs> I've only got one paragraph to go. Please let me get through it. Please. Please. Six inches, you say? <laughs> Please. Just one paragraph. <laughs> for, for people not watching the video, they're going, what are these stupid guys laughing about? I'm telling you. If you okay. don't do it, just at least pop over at one minute or one hour into the show. Yeah. <sighs> and even early, and even, Dave, Dave doesn't laugh much, guys, but you got it tonight. The hell? An even earlier report from a 1903 edition of the Arizona Republican describes a tourist, I.P. Freely, who was visiting Arizona. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Not true. I can't. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> did you say it was tall and hairy and muscular? I did. That is very exciting, Popeye. Stephen, Stephen recounts his confrontation with what he referred to as the wild man on the rocks. Two sentences. <laughs> Though wild man on the rocks. <laughs> Hashtag wild man on the rocks. Though his <laughs> encounter occurred further north. It's hard to read through teary eyes. I know. Uh, within the Grand Canyon, the story may be one of the earliest written records of a Mogollon monster Mo sighting. Mogollon. Mogollon. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that 12 different ways. <laughs> you did. Oh, well done. You made was, it through. I was pretty consistent. What was Mogollon. that Popeye one that I couldn't write down? Pop and Popeye? Yeah, Pop and Popeye. Pop yeah. I got to write that down. <laughs> Good God. All Just right. We're over, right? Yeah, that is it. Uh, thanks, kids, for tuning in and spending a little time with us. Look at the day. Hold on. I'm sorry. Well, if what? anybody, like, I don't have any social media, right? But I, every now right. and then, Greg lets me log into his. Mm -hmm. And the Debster just said, you see the Debster's one there? Mm-hmm. Keep going up the road. <laughs> Popeye doesn't need blue chew. So have you guys seen, <laughs> like, all the blue chew commercials uh, out on, on, on X these days? No. No, I haven't because I don't search well, that. Again, I was on dysfunction is not in my. I was on Greg's login, so his feed <laughs> is what I was trying to tell you. That uh, for some reason, Greg, I don't know if you log in, but boy, Blue Chew is like every third pop up on your on your X. Yeah, that and popsicle sticks. Yeah, duct tape and popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> That's old school. That's nineteen oh three, right there. Yeah. Oh my God! We made oh, it, guys. The dumpster, she says, "Love you guys with a ten dollar oh, donation." Nice, we dumpster. need that. Thank you. That'll yeah, help. We appreciate That'll that. help. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Popeye ruined Ryan's shaven. No, unclean. Oh, unclean. Oh, oh, oh poor, my poor God. eyes are bad. Oh, good God! Listen, uh, I was thinking. I, mean, I was thinking. Yeah. What's that like? Oh, it hurts sometimes, especially an hour six into the show. <laughs> I was thinking, right? There's all these paracons. said that. What? I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't do that. Listen, uh, I just want to know. Uh huh. Right? We have all these paracons. Yeah. But they're for like everybody. What if we had just a paranormal sixty family paracon? Ah. Oh, for just yeah. our listeners. 
Yeah. Like and you could bring your stuffed mogions and your Popeye shooting stuff and all that to these things. How great would I, that be? I, I think I think the way we could do that is in a Winnebago, and we can go from people's house to people's house and just well, show Dave's up in the front yard. Retired, right? Yeah, you're going to be retired soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm now. I used to be TV's Dave Schrader. I'm now the artist formerly known as. <laughs> I want to get a T-shirt made with a TV on it, so it's kind of a representation of Prince's logo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> TV with like a little arrow pointing down. Dave, uh, you, you mentioned about your big IRS tab, right? If we were to buy Thank an I, <laughs> I'm just trying to bring that up for you. <laughs> if we were to buy an RV, uh-huh. would that be a tax write-off for you? That could be a tax write-off. Man. Right. It's cute that you think I have money to buy an RV. What part no. of tax? Yeah. We'll use COVID money. I've seen all these people that are just not even, yeah. you know. <laughs> money? Yeah. Yeah, COVID money. Around. Yeah, it's uh, like table pickles. <laughs> table <Sibble>. pickles? What? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Somebody pop up what Sybil just said. Oh, my God. Sybil Winfield. I've never. How do y'all follow that? I can't figure out how to do that. Yeah, it's best that way because it's a distraction, <laughs> no. as you see, because uh, Chachi yeah. doesn't even. He's in the midst of his reading his story, and he can't not read people's comments. Listen, I I'm, I'm disabling show. it. How do you do that? I just want to read comments. No story. <laughs> no, Donna has a good question. <laughs> table pickles? He said that to me in Michigan, and I was like, what the fuck fidu- is this? You know, table pickles. Never heard it. What the Never. hell are table pickles? Well, you get, like, uh, chips at a Mexican restaurant or whatever. They call chips at a, at a Mexican, Mexican restaurant. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What's a Mexican restaurant? A Mexican, <laughs> Mexican restaurant? Uh-huh, yeah. You get chips. Well, you go to some restaurants, they give you table pickles. I have ne- <laughs> All right, right now, the show's going long, but please, in the comments, has anybody been to a restaurant where they give you table pickles rather yeah. than chips? How many? How, <laughs> hey. Let's just screw it, guys. Let's just, this is what we do. Sandra Kincaid, thank you for the $10 Thanks, donation Sandra. as well. How do we just, three of us just retire, we open up a chain of restaurants called Table Pickles. That's what I'm talking about. People would love it. You don't serve any food. Oh, just Table Pickles. No, no, it's got to be peanuts. You can leave the shells on the floor. Yes. Maybe cheese. And then booze. Maybe cheese. Mark's right. Bread. Yes. We've had bread. We've had chip. Never been a place where they've. Well, go go to Romania. They give you table pickles. Stephanie, I hope happens. you're coming this weekend to Austin. <laughs> Bobby, our buddy and compatriot. He always, Bobby who? Bobby, Bobby, our buddy, Bobby, Bobby Ward. He'll, he will, uh, we'll be out walking on one of these foreign trips. And oh, he'll reach man. into his pocket. He goes, you got any walking around crackers? Hey, see, he's got Durkin. He's got stuff in his pockets. He's always got like a bag of walking around orange slices or whatever. I don't even. How is that possible? You never know. You never know what's going to happen. Oh, God. Thanks all. Chachi is still God. Sorry, Dave. Ben, did you do this twice tonight? You're so good to us. Yeah. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Hey, there's a waitress named Pickle. I was going to sign off. I was going to sign off uh, eight minutes ago. I thought that would be the yeah. earliest newscast we've ever done, and we've made 50 bucks in the last eight minutes. I say <laughs> we, we stay on until 10. I got there. Another after 10, isn't it? Hey, yeah. hey. Yeah. Paranormal what? 60 table pickles. Yeah. I think that's your hashtag next week. Hashtag table pickles. <laughs> I don't know how we don't, right? So we've got astral beads, table pickles, just the rim, and pop and Popeye. Those are the yeah. four down to. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. How do we make these shirts? 
Oh, I make them every week. Oh, good God. Hey, yeah. thanks, guys. It was enjoyable. I'm, I got to... Yeah. I got to shut this thing down. I'm running too much juice up here. <laughs> Just squeeze a <laughs> squeeze a couple more table pickles. That should give you all the juice you need to to maintain. Oh, that's a great. If you, need a, if you need any extra help, let this guy squeeze a little bit more. <laughs> squeeze a little bit more juice <laughs> for you. See, this is why you should be listening and watching live Mondays yep. and Wednesday nights. Hey, folks, do me a favor. Seriously, support the advertisers that support this show because they believe in the paranormal. They believe in this show and they believe in you. And we've got a great group of advertisers from HelloFresh to uh, uh, Mint Mobile. Uh, so many awesome uh, people. We've got uh, uh, Soultopia. We've got uh, Michelle Welch, the author. We've got uh, uh, McDonald's. Love, Love and Lotus. Yeah, we've got Table Pickles. You've got it all. So please, Seriously, support all of the advertisers you see listed on the show. It goes a long way to help us, and we do our best to get you the best, deepest discounts that we can possibly find with all of our vendors. So check it out. The boys are out of booze. We are out of time. Thank you for spending your time with us here on the Paranormal 60 News. Oh.